Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, just doing fabulous. Thanks so much for having me on once again. Of course, and we have another exciting weekend of football coming up, hopefully a thousand times more exciting than the snooze fest we watched between the Colts and the Broncos last night, or if you even made it to the end. I know a lot of people just shut their TV off because literally nothing happened and you wasted probably three and a half hours of your life but we will move on to some exciting games that we have this weekend and I wanted to start out with the Sunday night game we have the Bengals and the Ravens I'm very excited for this one this is a good rivalry that we have so before I say anything further Robert what are we looking at for the odds on that game this one hasn't moved uh, from the moment we opened it we opened the game uh Ravens three just a little bit of juice on the uh on the Ravens side uh, up to minus 120 right now. The total, uh, we opened up 47 and a half, just bumped up a little to 48. Yeah, I will say this one, this is one of my favorite plays of the week. I like the Bengals a lot here. I know it's going to be in Baltimore, but this is a preview. I, I said to my friend, I think whoever wins this game could probably be the division winner in the AFC North. I think that these are by far the two best teams in the division, two of the best teams in the AFC as a whole. I think that we saw Cincinnati the last two games. I know it was against the Jets. I know it was against Miami and Tua went down. But I think the Bengals have finally started to turn it around. It looks like the offensive line is finally coming together for Joe Burrow. And that help, that only helps Joe Mixon as well, get him, getting him some good blocking. What's your take on this game, Robert? I, I think you're right. I'm not seeing much from the injury report as of this very, very moment. Justice Hill on Baltimore is questionable. He pulled his hamstring uh, yesterday morning. Dobbins looks like he's going to be good to go. Probable, of course, that came across uh, with his chest injury as of early this morning. Uh, So I don't think that there's really much here that's really of note. Uh, Rashad Bateman's questionable. He hurt his foot, of course. During the game, he's questionable, but I think he's going to be good to go. Ronnie Staley, I think, will be good to go. Uh, honestly, this this one definitely plays itself out to be, well, for one, competitive. I think the number's set right, uh, you know, as we haven't seen much of an adjustment. Two teams, both two and two on the year. Uh, set for Sunday night, I actually think they picked the right game uh, to move to the Sunday night slot, really? or at least a entertainment perspective, uh, as opposed to, like you just said, what we saw last night. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I I don't think there's too much to dissect here. You have two teams that are relatively healthy. I know Baltimore does have some issues on defense with Kyle Fuller being on the IR since week one. But I do think that the Bengals have the offense. I think Jamar Chase, this is his coming out game for the for the year. He's had a sluggish start to the week to the to the season. But I'm I'm back in the Bengals 100% on this one. What about you with the total, Robert? Are you leaning over or under on this one? Right. I think a, a Sunday night game, and especially looking at the injury report, I, I have a feeling that it might lean more towards the under. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was going to find uh, a position, it would probably be right there on the total score uh, in this one, Ali. I'd probably lean under the 48 um, wish it was a little higher, but uh, no, the 48 ex- ex- actually, what the number is being what it is right now, I've leaned towards the under, even at 48, Alan. 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on the under. And I know people might think that this is going to be another shootout. We saw the Ravens. They can put up a lot of points. We saw that Miami ridiculous comeback where Miami put up 45 points on them. Baltimore contributed with 42. Last week was a little different. They played in the rain against the Bills or else I think it would have been a higher scoring game. But I think both defenses step up. This is the division contest. They tend to play hard. They're both, besides, again, Baltimore losing Fuller earlier in the season, Marlon Humphrey's healthy. So they they definitely have a secondary. I'm with you on this one. I'm going under and the Bengals. So we start our episode off agreeing with one. <laughs> nice. Good. All right. Here's another one I wanted to highlight, and that's the Rams and the Cowboys. It sounds like Prescott's going to be out again, so they're going to go with the sensation Cooper Rush, who after week one, we – both you and I pretty much wrote the Cowboys off, but Rush has been a great surprise to the year for the Cowboys. Not for me because I'm a Giants fan, so don't like that. But the Rams, which I will bring up because you and I, that was one of our hotly contested uh, disagreements last week. I love the Niners. That was my favorite pick of the week. I was 100% confident in it. I put it in my best bets blog that it was my favorite pick. And the Niners just made the, the Rams – Looked terrible. Matt Stafford didn't have a good game at all, in especially in the fourth quarter. He had a fumble. He had a pick six. But what are you we before we get more into that? What are we looking at for the odds for this one, Robert, in the Rams and Cowboys? Sure, right, of course. So this one late Sunday night, we opened the Rams six. Got bet down pretty convincingly the very next morning, down to four and a half before it started to build itself back up from four and a half to five. I kind of danced around that number and kind of steady at five with the total spent to 43 out. I want to back the Rams in this one. I know that I know that Cooper Rush is hot. I know that the Cowboys have been playing well under him, but the Rams are a little different competition than the commanders, than the Giants. The Bengals were struggling in week two. I And one of my favorite bets is I love going against good teams coming off of an embarrassing win. I mean, embarrassing loss. And that Monday night game was an embarrassing loss for the Rams. They only mustered, what, nine points in that game. They made Jimmy G look like a homecoming king back in San Francisco. I think the Rams bounced back this week, kind of like we saw in week two when they bounced back and put up 30-something points against the Falcons after losing to the Bills. So I know it's a big number, five and a half, but I, 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 it's in LA. I just think that the Rams being home, hosting the Cowboys, this for me is a hundred percent. I'm on LA and the favorite to cover. How about you, Robert? Ali, uh, only because, uh, and no need for our listener to go and check back uh, in, in previous podcast episodes. <laughs> uh, I was not wrong. I was loud wrong on this game uh, last week, the Niners and Rams. I thought we were going to see an exact opposite. I, I thought the Rams were going to handle their business. He couldn't score a touchdown. So l- let's get that out of the way right now. I was loud. <laughs> it's okay. Time. You so, fell into the public trap. <laughs> I did. And, and here's here's the next thing that's going to happen. You know when you stick your tongue in an electric outlet? Yep. And it hurts? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that again. So I'm not going to back the Rams. And I'm going to go against you. I will take the points with the Cowboys here. Uh, I know it's a gray number, four and a half, five, five and a half is kind of all the same. Um, I think the Cowboys defense uh, is what brought them to three and one. Yep, definitely. They they haven't played anything of the Rams caliber. The game's on the road in the afternoon. Uh, I think they'll have just enough of what they need 
to score somewhere in the high teens. I don't know if they'll crack 20, but I don't think they're going to have to. I think that they'll go ahead and cover the five here. I'll take the Cowboys. Okay. Well, our first disagreement, and this is one of the ones that was a little more challenging for me because that is a weird number. Like you said, four and a half, five and a half. It's kind of one of those, oh, maybe an extra point does is the difference in this game, whether one gets missed or not. But again, I like teams to bounce back. I really like the fact that we get the Rams getting pissed off. You know, Sean McVay's probably lit a fire under their asses all week in practice. I think that they really had time to sit and think about it. I think Matt Stafford comes out. I hope, I really hope, because I'm high of Allen Robinson on my fantasy football bench, but I do hope that that Matt Stafford decides he needs to spread the ball around a lot more. He can't just rely on Cooper cup defenses are going to let him throw to Cooper cup all they want. Those short passes that he's been compiling. I think he's had a, a personal best in receptions on Monday night, but Matt Stafford can't just be one-sided. And that's when he is prone to throw a pick six is when he's just staring at where is Cooper cup going to go. It leaves him vulnerable and he forces the ball in some places I mean, what are you seeing with, with Matt Stafford this year as opposed to last year, Robert? Because I feel like last season between Robert Woods, between Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson when he was healthy, I feel like Matt Stafford still dispersed the ball a relatively even amount, even though Cup still always led in receptions. What are you seeing from Stafford this year that's different from last year? Besides something that will affect anyone, even a top caliber quarterback, uh, which is Right now, they're starting to carve into their depth on the offensive line. He's, he's really, really struggling to find time and space inside the pocket. That's going to ruin anyone's day. And uh, remember about a month ago, maybe a little bit more now at this point, when I said that Allen Robinson was going to have a career year? Should we re- rewind the tapes for that one, too? <laughs> uh, no, no, let's save the time. How's that going for us? Uh, well, I can tell you, he's been sitting on my fantasy football bench since week two. That's how great that one's going. I don't get it. I really don't. Um, no, no, no. It's it's honestly, I, I don't think that there's uh, a lack of uh, targets to throw to. Uh, obviously, he's just looking for, for cup anywhere that he can right now. Um, and honestly, I, I just think it's it's actually just a lack of time that he has inside the pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, really, really pressured heavily in the Niner game. Uh, I think the same is going to happen here. I and mean, that's why I feel that the lean on the, the plus five uh, with, with Dallas is probably more, um, you know, a number that I prefer of all the games this week. Yeah. And what do we say real quick before we move on? Cooper Rush. It, do you believe Jerry Jones, you believe Mike McCarthy, that there's no quarterback competition? Because for me, maybe there's no written quarterback competition or one that we can see in the media. But the fact that they're not rushing Dak back leads me to believe that there might be a quarterback competition we're not hearing about. What are you thinking about that, Robert? That's a fair assessment. I would I would take that judgment. Um, I think that when uh, he he does come back, when Dak Prescott does come back, they'll probably give him you know the team right back without any questions, uh, just because well that's who's getting paid the most. I think ultimately one day you know Rush will become a free agent. He'll catch on someplace else. I, I just don't think that this is going to be much uh, ado about a, a big situation. You, you brought in Dak Prescott to be the leader. The guy, you know, banged up his thumb, his fingers, and you know when he comes back, he'll come back. Uh, another question is going to be if he comes back and suddenly, you know, they lose, you know, three of the next four, then maybe we'll have a discussion about that. But I, right. I think this will be Prescott's team. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. And Cooper Rush, I think if he ever becomes a free agent in the near future, he's going to get a contract with the team. Look at Carolina yeah. and their 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 woes at quarterback. Same thing with Washington, but he he has surprised me. I will say that I didn't think Cooper Rush would be as efficient as he is. He's done a good job managing the game. He still he seems to like have a good rapport with CD Lamb, Noah Brown, some of the other receivers. So I'll give him credit. Let's move and give Kellen Moore credit too, that he's going to be a head coach in the next year or two. I can guarantee that. Agreed. Yes. Yep. Let's move on to the Monday night game. And that's the Raiders and the chiefs. The Raiders were desperate to get a win. They finally got it against the Broncos for a time. It looked like the Broncos were going to edge out the win, give the Raiders credit. They really collapsed on, on Russell Wilson. They made him make some errors. Melvin Gordon had a key fumble that was returned for a touchdown, I believe. But the Chiefs totally blew out the Buccaneers. I think I was more surprised that the Chiefs blew out the Buccaneers than I was that the Raiders were actually able to win, even though I picked the Broncos in that game to cover. But what are we looking at for Raiders and Chiefs, Robert? What are the odds right now? Another weird one. This game was just dormant. I, I put out the number uh, Kansas City 7 and the total 51 and a half. And I mean, well, it bumped up to about 52, went back down to 51 and a half, but it's been steady at seven. Uh, Kansas City, a touchdown favorite, hosting the Raiders Monday night. Yeah, I I just think that's too many points. I know I'm not high on the Raiders. I know that they have had a disappointing start to the season. But for me, this is still two division rivals. I know the Chiefs are firing. Pat Mahomes looks great. Travis Kelsey looks amazing. The defense, too, has seemed to step it up, but I just think that's way too many points to lay for a potential backdoor cover. The Raiders are still going to fight to the end. So Chiefs are definitely going to win. There's no way I see the Raiders winning this game, but I think they could at least cover. How about you, Robert? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the injury report. Raiders are going to have to deal with Renfro, who got concussed, uh, and that's still pending. So we're going to find out if he's going to mm -hmm. be playing. I probably think he wouldn't. I don't think that they have um, – really enough firepower to stick with them for more than a half. Uh, I agree with you that the Chiefs win, and because they win, I'm looking at the way this the two offenses click. Um, I don't think the Chiefs let off, and I think that they actually win by double digits, so I, I would take the Chiefs to come again. Okay, well, that's fair. Second disagreement of the day, so we got to disagree some ways. Yeah, this one was one where I want to take the Chiefs. I really do. It's just that's a lot of points between two division rivals. And the Raiders, while they are the bottom dwellers of that division, I think getting a win last week did get them a little bit more confidence. They're not going to play desperation mode. They started utilizing Josh Jacobs a bit more last week, and that definitely played out in their win. I think they are going to have a balanced attack against the Chiefs. I think that, like you said, I do think the Chiefs are going to go up early. I think they're going to maintain a lead throughout. But I think that fourth quarter, they might somehow find a way to backdoor cover. So I'm going to take the points. And I'll actually take the over on this one. I think the Chiefs are going to put up a lot of points on the Raiders. The Raiders are going to have to score some points to keep up. What are you leaning with the total, Robert? Yeah, actually, good point. I never thought about that right now. I, I think the Raiders probably bring it somewhere to the tune of about 30, 35 points. Um, uh, not the Raiders, I'm sorry, the Chiefs. Probably come in between. I was going to say 35 points for the Raiders. That might be an upset. <laughs> they do that. They're winning. They're winning outright. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I think the Chiefs, you know, come in somewhere around 31 to 36. Uh, Raiders are going to have to come in 
and, and score four touchdowns if they're going to come in and cover. Uh, so with that in mind, I, I kind of just played out uh, what the team totals would be. So I, I do have this one going over the total. All right. So we agree on the totals. Let's move on to what I'm going to call the upset of the week. And that's the Eagles and the Cardinals. And I'll get to why I'm calling that the upset of the week in a second. But Robert, why don't you give us what we're looking at for the odds? Yeah, that's fair. Actually, the 4-0 Eagles opened up as a six-point favorite late Sunday night in Arizona. Got that down the very next morning down to five. And that's kind of where it's sitting at right now. Uh, Eagles five and the total 49. Yeah, this is my upset of the week. The minute I looked at the opening spread, I said, not only am I taking the Cardinals with the points, but I will take their money line as well. I think this is a trap game for Philly. By no means do I think Arizona has turned a corner. I still think they are pretty much a shit show for the season. But I do think that teams are vulnerable in certain situations. Philly's going on the road. They have to go to the West Coast and play. I just think that this is the perfect opportunity for Philly. They're riding riding high. They're riding on momentum momentum now. But this is the trap game where they do lose. What are you thinking, Robert? actually a, a good point they have to lose at some point right um you know i'm looking at um you know what you know how could we get there how could we get arizona to a win uh and i'm seeing actually some interesting things uh i hope they're not interested in any of the kicking game because we've got some injuries on both ends of the ball and i don't know if Prater's going to kick um it looks right now that he's going to be doubtful uh, for arizona and then you know looking at Let's see here. I have actually does make sense. Jake Elliott is also doubtful. He sprained his ankle. Okay. So, all right. How how are we getting field goals? That's probably they're looking at trying <laughs> someone to come in and, and back up kick for them. Uh they keep it close, of course. Um, I, I have a feeling this is gonna probably fall into one of those situations with me, and I feel that if we have a win. Uh, and I, I, until it's proven otherwise for me, I think the Eagles are going to just keep running the table. Uh, I think they do win. The Eagles do on the road. Uh, and at five and a half, it's less than the three field, uh, the two field goal uh, number. I would take the Eagles to cover. I'll, I'll go against you here again. Totally opposite. I like it. We are disagreeing a lot today. I, I just feel this is the right time for the Eagles to lose too. They're facing a mobile quarterback. They have yet to face a mobile quarterback. This season, they played Jared Goff in week one. Week two, they had Kirk Cousins. They had Carson Wentz. Last week, they had Trevor Lawrence, who's who's not a runner. I think Kyler Murray is going to give the, def- the Eagles defense a bit of a run for their money. We mentioned a few episodes ago how the Eagles lost Barnett for the year. I think that that's going to come down to hurt them in this game. They're going to have a strong running attack behind not only James Conner, but you're going to have you're going to have Kyler do some scrambling. I think he's going to run all over the defense. And they seem to have a healthy receiving core minus DeAndre Hopkins. I think Marquise Brown is 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 playing for sure this week. They seem to be relying on Greg Dorch a lot. Uh, Zach Ertz has really had a nice campaign. I just think this is this is a good matchup for the Cardinals to go against the Eagles. I think their defense is good behind J.J. Watt being back. I think that they're going to sack Jalen Hurts. I think that Jalen Hurts is going to get pressure on him for the first time this year. Again, they haven't played very good defenses at all the last few weeks. Yes, the Jaguars have a decent defense, and we saw that in the opening quarter. Jalen Hurts threw a pick six. I believe it was on the opening drive. 
I think the Eagles are going to fall a little flat this weekend. Don't forget they played against the Jacksonville Jaguars and their former head coach, Doug Peterson last week. I think there's some animosity between them. I think they really wanted to stick it to him. So they did play with a little passion. I just think that this is a perfect trap. The Eagles are going to fall flat and the Cardinals are going to end up upsetting them, but take the points just in case. <laughs> Let's talk about quick before we move on to the next game though, the total Robert, what are we, what, what is your lean on the total? Yeah, no, I, I would go ahead and just piggyback on all you said with Arizona's uh, defense capability. Uh, you know, com- couple that with the Eagles just being, you know, top 10, uh, if not higher in all uh, facets of the ball, especially defensively. Uh, and, of course, in four games, the Arizona Cardinals are three and one to the under. Uh, my lean would go under the total as well here. Yep, I'll agree with you right there. I don't have much more to say about that. So let's move on to a game where – I wouldn't say it's a marquee game, but I'm interested with your take and the matchup. And that's, we have the 49ers going against the Carolina Panthers. This is a desperation game for the Carolina Panthers. I feel that if Baker Mayfield isn't performing well in the first half, we don't see him starting in the second half. So before we get into that a little more, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds in this game? That's sizzling, by the way. Uh, (laughs) San Francisco opened up uh, as a five-point favorite late Sunday night. Uh, we went right immediately the very next morning to six and a half, and that's where it's sitting right now. Uh, the nine are six and a half, a favorite on the road at Carolina, and the total set to 39 and a half. That hasn't moved. Well, I definitely like the under in this game, but I will say this is the last week I am going to attempt to back the Carolina Panthers. And if they don't cover for me this week, I am not betting them at all again the rest of the year. Like, this is it. I I do like the Panthers. I don't think they win, but I do like them to cover in this scenario. I think that the Niners are still a team that's going to be that's going to not score a lot of points. They are facing an underrated Carolina Panthers defense that is going to be that is good at forcing turnovers. I think that the defense steps up for Carolina. They keep the game intact. I don't think Mayfield has a particularly bad game. I think he does enough to silence his critics at least for one more week. I think that, that again, the Niners are going to look to run the ball, and I think they're going to stretch out the game. Same thing with the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to rely on Christian McCaffrey a lot more this game. They have to. I mean, Baker is not doing anything, and they're going to hear the the Boo Birds um, immediately if Baker doesn't start setting up. So it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm, I'm, I love the under, and I'm taking the Panthers to cover this one. How about you, Robert? Yeah, so, you know, one thing we'll come back to at the conclusion just before we break today. Uh, go ahead and take a look at, you know, four weeks is pretty much a good body of work to take a look at in terms of trends or, you know, what kind of a team we actually have on a, on a week-to-week basis and how I match them up. The total definitely comes into play here. Uh, I think I've figured out how Carolina is going to perform, uh, and I know what troubles they're going to face when they play a team like San Francisco. So, you know, right now with the Panthers being one and three against the spread, uh, combined with their defense providing sometimes more of an offensive push than their offense, uh, my lean here is to look at going under the total. Uh, yeah, it's super duper low. It's 39 and a half. That's like a preseason total. Uh, but I just don't see Carolina breaking into even double digits here at home hosting San Francisco. So I'd lean towards San Francisco not only winning but covering with the game going under. Yeah, and one of the things I always do, I I bet against the winner than Monday Night Football game. I just that's always been a strategy of mine. I feel like it works more than it doesn't. 
The Niners are playing on a short week. They played Monday night. Now they have to travel all the way to the East Coast to play. They lose a few hours. I think they come out a little flat, a little lethargic. I think Carolina's defense does step up. I agree with you. It's hard for me to see Carolina getting – I'll be generous and say 10 points, but I don't see the 49ers really driving the ball too. We saw a few weeks ago how they struggled on the road against Denver, against a good defense. They only were able to put up 10 points that game. I think that Carolina has the ability with their defense to keep it close. Maybe they force a fumble. Maybe they force an interception, but I am going to disagree with you on that one and go with the Panthers. So you and I are disagreeing a lot today, but it's good. It it provides the listeners different points of view. So before we get into our rapid fire round, of course, I got to highlight the New York Giants because we're both Giants fans. And what are we looking at for the London game, Robert? What are the odds here? Nothing has moved here at all. So it's a weird one. Week five, it's just kind of been steady. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to get our uh, our betting uh, public into some of these games. But I opened up the Packers 8 uh, with the early 6.30 a.m. Pacific time match. Uh, and it's stated at 8. Uh, the total 41 and a half. Bet down just a little. Now it's at 41. So uh, Packers 8 and 41. So, Robert, can I ask you, like, what wide receivers are the Giants going to have in this game? <laughs> like, uh-huh. look at the injury report right here. Kadarius Towney, he's he didn't make the trip. Kenny Galladay didn't yeah. make the trip. Wandell Robinson didn't make the trip. We know Sterling Shepard's out for the year. So we're relying on David Sills and Richie James to catch passes for us. What is going on here? Uh, I, I, can we take a look and see at the uh, the, the chart of funny if they ask uh, Plaxico Burris if he wants to make the trip with him? You know what? It was funny. Someone did put, pose a question on Twitter that I responded to the other day, and it said, what player in your team's past 20 years would you bring back for this weekend's game? And I said Plaxico Burris. I was like, <laughs> need a receiver. But I do like, I, I, you know, I don't want to get my bias involved too much in this, but I do think that now that Daniel Jones looks like he's going to play, it looks like he's healthy and mobile based on the injury report. He wasn't even designated today, I believe. I do think that they will keep it close because they are going to run the ball a lot with Saquon Barkley. Hey, if the if the Patriots with Zappy were able to almost upset the Packers, I think the Giants can at least keep it within the eight and a half points. I don't think we win this game, unfortunately. We're too banged up, even on the defense. Aaron Robinson looks like he's going to be out for the year. We had to even sign Landon Collins back, which that's great, but it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. We still have some injuries in the in the, in the the linebacking core as well. Ojolari's out this week. I think that we could at least keep it close because the Packers aren't the team that people remember from last season. The Packers aren't going to blow you out. Besides, besides the the Bears, I don't think that the Packers have won a game by more than a couple points. So I think the Giants, behind Saquon Barkley, behind Daniel Jones's legs, they'll at least be able to drag the game out, at least be able to hold the ball. And I do think that we will fall within the eight and a half points. How about you, Robert? Uh, that's a fair assessment. It's just so difficult for me to ever bet on or against the Giants just because that's the team that I follow with my heart. But if we're yep. looking at anything from what we know in the first four weeks. Uh, Ali, favorites of seven or more points, they're three and six against the spread, mm-hmm. right? So Packers, eight, eight and a half. Uh, they fall into that zone, and they, they really haven't blown anybody out. Um, I don't expect that to happen here. Uh, so uh, catching points makes sense, but if I had to 
Uh, I, I really prefer to pass on this one. <laughs> That's fine. I, I mean, I don't bet on my team either, but I got to pick someone for office purposes. And I must say, I never bet against, even in the office pools, I always pick my team because I feel like the few times I ever won against my team, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was like a few years back and the Giants were 10 and a half point underdogs to the Chiefs. And that was the season where Pat Mahomes, it was his second year, first year starting, and they were just blowing each up, blowing everyone out. And for some reason, the Giants ended up upsetting them that game, and I was left shell-shocked. So yeah. from that point, I said, I will never bet against my team or pick against my team. But I, I think that we can keep it close. So I don't want to jinx myself any further, but I will be pleasantly surprised if, if we could stay within seven points to the Packers with the amount of injuries that we had. Even though that's a loss, I still think that's a win for this team. We are decimated by injuries. The team looks like it is improving every week. Brian DeBall is doing a hell of a job as head coach. I couldn't be happier with him. So it's tough. I wish we did have a full receiving core. Daniel Jones really, in what many think is, is going to be his final year as a starter for the New York Giants, really isn't getting a fair shot with the amount of injuries we have. But what do you think of Daniel Jones so far real quick this year, Robert? He's, he's done everything that he's asked of, right? He, yeah. he's, he's got his his arsenal of tools uh, that, that you know, brought him to the NFL. He's doing everything he can. I mean, look, the Giants are three and one, right? And it's, you know, in, in a quarterback-driven league, you have to give him uh, a lot of the credit. But, you know, it's been, you know, all-around good effort, you know, across defense, offense, and special teams. I think he's done everything that he can, Allie. Yeah, I agree. And I do think he he should at least get the franchise tag on him, not an extension for sure. But it's still early in the season, so we still have a long period of work. Hopefully sometime, hopefully they can find some reinforcements. I know that there were some whispers because Odell Beckham showed up at the facility a few days ago. Beckham's not coming back to the Giants, unfortunately. So any Giants fan that had a glimmer of hope of Beckham resurrecting his number 13 jersey is not going to happen. So I'd like to see Daniel Jones get another fair shot next year. I really do like Daniel Jones, but we will see. I'm just going to keep hope for the Packers game, and I'll be up 6.30 a.m. on Sunday morning with a mimosa in my hand watching the game. Nice. Good. Yeah, might as well. That's what everyone said. They're like, oh, are you bummed? It's it's early. I'm like, my daughter has me up at five in the morning. That's not early for me. So <laughs> we're all good. But let's head into our rapid fire round real quick because we are running out of time. And let's start with the Seahawks and the Saints, Robert. What are we looking at here? The Seahawks and Saints, this one has got just injuries written all over it. So mm-hmm. line history has us going uh, with the Saints opening up five, bit down to four. Creeped all the way up to six, but now we're sitting at five and a half is what the Saints are favored by. Total 45 and a half hours. I'm going to take the Saints here. I think that the Saints are actually better with Andy Dalton at the helm than Jameis Winston. It looks like Jameis Winston is not going to play this weekend again. I think that the Saints having Andy Dalton, giving him another week of work, they're going to come out. The Seahawks aren't good. The Seahawks are still one of the worst teams in the league. They were lucky last week that they faced a Detroit Lions team that was missing pretty much their entire offense and their entire offense that they were missing still managed to put up 45 points against Seattle's defense. I I'm all over the saints on this one. How about you? Uh, That's funny. Actually, I was looking at what they did with the day. The Seahawks did against the Lions and they just decided to have, you know, a a all decade kind of a game offensively. Yeah. What else two and two somehow? Uh, I know the game is now going to be in New Orleans. There's just so many question marks all over the place. When I see something like that happen, 
Ali, I just lean towards grabbing points. Mm-hmm. I would pay plus five and a half here with Seattle. Okay, let's move on to the Titans and the Commanders, Robert. What are we looking at here? Yeah, so Tennessee here coming off of their win. They're right now sitting at one and a half after opening up as a three-point favorite. That bet down to two and a half late in the week. Now sitting at one and a half. So uh, Tennessee on the road in Washington, one and a half, a total 43. This is another week where I'm going to take Washington one more time. And if Washington doesn't cover, I'm not betting Washington the the remainder of the year. I, I think this is a sneaky, I think this is a sneaky win for Washington. Carson Wentz has really gotten bet, beat up the last few weeks. The Titans defense is not nearly as good as Dallas's defense or as the Eagles defense the week prior to that. I think in Washington, the, they re- I know the Tennessee Titans have had a little bit of a reserve it, resurgence winning back-to-back weeks, but I'm going to go Washington not only covers, but they upset them. How about you, Robert? That's uh, very, very sharp. Um, I'm actually looking at the other way. Uh, Commander- wow, we're, we're really in disagreement. This exactly. One month of, uh, of football, the Commanders only mustered a 1-3 record against the spread. Uh, I, I think if the Tennessee Titans win here, very, very short number. I think they'll end up covering. I do think that Tennessee gets the win. All right, let's move on to the Bears and the Vikings, Robert. What are we looking at? The Chicago Bears, they are uh, somehow 2-2 two and two as well. Uh, but now their game is being played at Minnesota. This game opened up at 7, bumped up to 7.5. So right now the Vikings 7.5 in the total 44. I'm all over the Vikings on this one again. There's nothing that could compel me to 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 take points, even with Justin Fields at the helm for the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears are the worst team in the league, even worse than the Seattle Seahawks, even worse than the Atlanta Falcons, even the Houston Texans, though they, they did manage to beat the Texans by a field goal. I, I think the Bears' offense is just brutal. Justin Fields should not be a starter in this league. He's going up against Minnesota, who always plays well in Minnesota, I think that this is a no contest. I think Justin Jefferson has a, a repeating performance like he did week one, like he did last week in London against the Saints. I think that Dalvin Cook has finally has a, a really good game against Chicago's defense. We just saw what Saquon Barkley did last week against Chicago's porous run defense. So I'm all over the Vikings on this one. How about you? This is so weird. I'm going the other way for the Wow. Vikings. I like the one of uh, us is going to be very wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I see that the Minnesota Vikings, of course, and and this is triggered because they're, you know, more than a seven point favorite. Uh, It's rare to see really big, big blowouts. uh, And and I don't understand how Chicago's keeping everyone within it, probably just because their total, uh, their record uh, to the under is um, three and one. So uh, Chicago sometimes keep these games low scoring. Uh, I, I feel that uh, this is one of those games where Minnesota does get the win, but does not cover. And maybe they win by six. I'll just put a question mark around that one, Allie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm banking on a Justin Fields pick six or a strip sack. So I, I'm going with Minnesota, but let's move on again to the Dolphins and the Jets. No Tua. That's the big news. What are we looking at for the odds, Robert? Yeah, so even with that being said, I had to figure out uh, just what Teddy Bridgewater was going to be able to do. This one, tons of movement up and down and up and down. Opened up at three to three and a half. Miami got as high as four and then settled all the way down to three again. A little bit of juice, minus 120. Miami is three points better than the Jets in the total 46 right now. 
Yeah, and even though there's no Tua, I'm still going with Miami. My Miami is still a good all-around team. Teddy Bridgewater isn't just your usual backup quarterback. He was starting as 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 late as last year. He started a few games for the Denver Broncos before I think he got injured. I I like I like uh the Miami Dolphins a lot right here. Jets got a feel good win against a rookie quarterback last week. Zach Wilson, even though he led them to come back, he still didn't have a good game. Miami has a very good defense. I think that they totally pound Zach Wilson, and Miami both wins and covers. How about you, Robert? This one, I agree with you. I I do think that we'll see a great defensive performance from the Dolphins, who are three and one to the under this year through through their first four games. And uh, honestly, after reading Tyreek Hill's quote about not having uh, two as his quarterback, he says it doesn't matter. Put you behind the offensive line. I'll pick up my yards. Uh, I like reading that. I think the Dolphins get the win in the cover. All right, let's move on to the Steelers and the Bills, Robert. What are we looking at here? Yes, so the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. This one opened 14. Uh, really, really big spread. Hasn't moved, so uh, I think that that's a good number. A uh, total is set to 45 and a half. Buffalo, two touchdowns better than Pittsburgh. It's a lot of points, but I'm laying all of them. I think that Kenny Pickett, this is a really tough game for him to have is his starting debut. He, he appeared, he, he took over last game, but this is the, his first game that he's actually going to be the starter in. I, I'm, I, I, I don't have much to say. I think Buffalo just tramples all over the young rookie. He's pretty much getting fed to the wolves this game. Buffalo's in Buffalo. They're going to have the home crowd behind him. It's a lot of points, but I really – I just don't even see the Steelers scoring a touchdown in this game unless it's in in the fourth quarter and there's less than two minutes to go and the Bucks and, and the Bills are already up multiple scores. What about you, Robert? Yeah, I, if anything, uh, I lean towards under. I could think Pittsburgh probably, like you said, maybe they get anywhere between 9 and 14 points. Uh, if they end up scoring a touchdown, let's just call it 12, uh, Buffalo can name their own score. I think they'll be somewhere in the high 20s, low 30s. Uh, so I probably lean towards under that 45 and a half, but that's about it. All right, let's move on to the Falcons and the Bucks. What do we have here? Right, so the Atlanta Falcons, eh, they're going to have their, uh, their their key injuries that are going to come into play here. This one opened up Tampa Bay at seven and a half, and uh, we just literally moved it to double digits. We are now Tampa minus 10 in the total 46 and a half. Yeah, I, I, I'm all over Tampa on this one. I think that they bounce back after that disappointing loss, not only last week against the Chiefs, but the week before against the Packers. There's no way Tom Brady's losing three games in a row, and there's no way he's losing to the Atlanta Falcons. Tom Brady loves beating the Falcons, as we saw in that Super Bowl a few years ago. I think I don't think this game's close. Atlanta has been a nice story. They've been solid for for backers of Atlanta. I think they've covered the spread in all of their games so far this year, but the fairy tale ends here, and the Bucks win convincingly. What do you think, Robert? I think Atlanta doesn't score a touchdown here. No Kyle Pitts as of this morning. Patterson, of course, we know he's going to be on the IR until close to Thanksgiving. Uh, Damian Williams, obviously, has been out for a month. He's not going to help any. So their offense is really going to struggle here against a, a, a very good Tampa Bay defense. Let's forget about what Kansas City did to them last week. But I think Tampa definitely gets off of the bad results picks up that home win finally that they really need for their home crowd they definitely win by double digits but more importantly i think this game definitely goes under the 46 and a half 
I agree with you on the under there for sure. Atlanta, again, I don't think they get an end zone. I agree with you there. Let's move on to the Texans and the Jaguars. Robert, what do we have? Yes, so the Jacksonville Jaguars are talking to them about maybe could they be up there in the odds to win the division? Who knows? Uh, hasn't moved. Jacksonville, seven points to the better. Total now 43 and a half. I'm going to take the Texans on this one. I still think the Jaguars are overrated. Last week against the Eagles, Eagles minus six and a half was my best bet of the week. It was, and of course, the Eagles came back after being down 14 nothing. Not only did they win, but they covered. I think that Jacksonville, they, they've had two nice wins against the Colts. The Colts were missing pretty much half of their lineup in that game. Same thing against the Chargers. Justin Herbert had no business playing that game. Rashawn Slater was injured. Joey Boza got injured. They didn't have JC Jackson. I think that even though I will give the Jaguars the win here, that's a lot of points for me to lay between them and, and the Texans. The Texans can hang in games. They're not just going to go away silently. The Texans have a good run game now behind Damian Pierce. I think they're going to look to pound the ball with him more and to keep it out of a Davis's Mills hands. So I'm going to take the points with the Texans. How about you? Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Uh, you know, they are 0-3-1 and on the year. Uh, they're probably already thinking about, are we just playing with house money? And let's just wing it. Uh, if the 43 and a half is going to be steady, I think that that definitely goes over the total. I think Jacksonville's probably going to be good between 24 and 28. I think Houston could probably crack that 20 as well. So yep. I'd lean towards over that 43 and a half for myself. All right, let's move on to a game. I, I should have included this in the market games just because I'm excited about. I love watching the Lions, but it's not really the most enticing matchup. So what are we looking at for the Lions and the Patriots? Yes, <laughs> the Patriots opened up three with uh, Bailey Zappi at quarterback for this one against the Lions, a total 45 and a half. Uh, boy, oh boy, do the Lions really think the defense is optional. <laughs> that That's for sure. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you right there. They, they, they definitely don't seem to care about stopping the ball, but. I know the Lions do have a slew of injuries still. DeAndre Swift's out, but Jamal Williams is a good backup. I think that it's that Amon Ross and Brown is still questionable, as is DJ Chark. Same thing with Josh Reynolds. But in this game, I don't know if we're going to see Zappi or Brian Hoyer. I do think that the Lions, though, are just going to be able to put up points. We saw last week with them pretty much playing all their backups. They still put up 45 on the Seahawks. Patriots, they, they're not as explosive as the Seahawks can be on offense. I will give the Seahawks that. I think that the Lions both cover and they win. How about you, Robert? I'm uh, not really too concerned about how the spread plays itself out, but that 45 and a half just tells me one thing, push the over. Yep. So totally, yeah. I think in any Lions game this year, you're you're safe betting the over. They just, are, yep, exactly right, Allie. They are 4-0 to the over this year, the Lions are. Yep, just keep betting them. Let's move on to the last game that we have to highlight, and that is the Chargers and the Browns. What are we looking at here, Robert? Yeah, so, of course, we know the Chargers are, you know, looking off of, you know, doing whatever they can to uh, eliminate themselves from this injury bug, which has hit them probably the hardest. I opened them up as a three-point favorite. It's now two and a half, and the total is 47. So Chargers, two and a half, total 47 at Cleveland. This is another upset I like. I like the Browns to win this week. I picked Atlanta to beat the Browns last week. Let's not forget the Browns were missing both Miles Garrett and Jadavian, Jadavian Clowney. They get both of those guys back this week. They, the Browns are still a good team, 
even though Deshaun Watson is not playing for them. I think the Chargers, they just have too many injuries still to worry about. They're a very inconsistent team. I'm going to go with the Browns here. How about you, Robert? Yeah, there's, there's plenty of injuries still that the Chargers need to deal with on a, on a weekly basis. And that's not, not going to change here going into Cleveland. But, I mean, look, the body of work is what we looked at at the start of the year. I, I think that Chargers simply are a, a deep enough team to withstand whatever's going to be thrown at them in Cleveland. So I think they do win this game and cover. All right. Well, another disagreement that we have there, but we are out of time, unfortunately, for today. We do have a lot of disagreements, so hopefully the audience can pick which sides, give them the better analysis or where you're leaning, that, that you make the right pick. But before we do sign off, Robert, do you have any last thoughts or advice for the audience? Please, yes, of course. And so as we said, you know, it's now four weeks into the season and I started to go ahead and isolate some of these trends. So wanted to touch on them before we sign off. Favorites of seven or more points this year. They started out only three and six against the spread. So who are those big week five favorites? Well, of course, we know the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Vikings, the Jaguars and the Chiefs are all in that category. Uh, those are teams that are probably going to have, well, at least according to the trend, maybe a problem covering that number. Who's the best under teams this year? Well, there's three that are still undefeated that just keep going under. That's the Bengals, the Niners, and the Colts, who just played yesterday. Shocker, that game went under the total. Mm-hmm. So all of them are 4-0 and to the under. Unders this year, by the way, 38-26 and 26 or 59%. Uh, you bet that straight every single week you're winning uh, and you're definitely, you know, uh, defeating uh, the house of big of minus 110. Who's best to the over? Well, the Lions, as we just said, they're 4-0 to the over. The Falcons, Browns, and Jaguars are 3-1 and to the over. And who's really the worst at covering against the spread this year? Uh, no one that's a perfect 0-4, but here's who's only covered once in four attempts this year, and that's the Commanders. The Broncos, they didn't cover. The Vikes, Panthers, Bears, Saints, Colts, who did get to cover, Rams, and Raiders. Those teams are a combined 9 and 27 against the spread, going 4 and 17 against the spread as favorites. Wow, that's brutal. (laughs) But I'm going to piggyback off that before we head out. Definitely look at trends. It's something I always do. Trends really do. I know people like to buck the trends every now and then, but but trends definitely do influence how I bet they should influence how you bet, hopefully because they're trends for a reason. So obviously if it's lopsided like that, definitely take those into consideration, but we are at a time for today. We will be back Robert and I on Monday, recapping the week, giving our biggest surprises, disappointments. We'll have some hot takes. We'll have some buy and buy or sell questions. So I wish everyone have a good weekend and, Enjoy the game on Sunday. Take care.